Praise the Lord and welcome to the Old Path Bible Study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. This is our Hebrews Bible Study, and I'm encouraged to be gathered around God's Word with you today. So grab your Bibles. Let's get ready to dig in here in Hebrews chapter 13. This is part 7 of this 13th chapter Bible study in Hebrews that we're doing. I want to encourage you to go back and look at the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And uh, there are other avenues also that you could go back and listen to the entire Ephesians, Galatians, Romans, all these teachings out there verse by verse so that we don't just get carried off into our own vain imaginations and go different directions, but we can all be on the same page striving together for the faith of the gospel and we can learn the truth of the scriptures in their righteous context, which means they're all wrapped up in the blood of Jesus. We've come to learn. It's not our opinion. It's what, it's what the Bible, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has brought us to this place where he's revealing to us that without the blood of Jesus, there is no application of God's word outside of what men do with it with each other instead of the Holy Spirit. So it's such a, a huge blessing to finally reach a place where the Lord can show you where, you know, the, 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 the righteousness of his word, the truth of his word, because if we don't hold his word in its righteous context, there is no fruit that he, that's of him. Uh, Romans 1 and 18, there is no fruit that is of the Lord when we hold God's truth, his word, outside of the righteous context. And I am so thankful after all these many years to have that knowledge and to understand that's not just our opinion, and it's not just what God's doing here and other places. He's doing something different. No, he's not. Wherever in the entirety of the world God's word is held in its righteous context, the fruit of his righteousness and his godliness, the godliness he's provided for us is going to be the fruit of our lives. Where his word is not being held in its righteous context, meaning the truth of Jesus and what he did at Calvary, all we can do is deceitfully be found pretending and living by our emotions and our feelings, calling it the Holy Spirit while it is not. Grab your Bibles. Here we are in a wonderful place, Hebrews chapter 13. <clears throat> and let's look again, starting in verse 8, and move through this today. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the only thing that's unchangeable. Everything else is changing. Everything. It doesn't matter what you touch, what you look at. It is changing, whether you can tell it by the naked eye or not. It is decaying. It is, it is, it is, it is, it is dying. Everything is changing other than Jesus Christ. And you need to understand that today. He, he, he doesn't change. His way doesn't change. What he, what he agrees with doesn't change. What he's called sin is still sin. 
everything he's unchangeable and he is the living word of god that means because god the word of god is god john 1 1 and 2 that lets us know that the word of god will never change do you understand that god's word will never change we will eternally live according to what god has said throughout the last, all this 7,000-year period of his dealings with men, and I say 7,000, it will be 7,000 at the end of the 1,000-year reign of Christ on this earth with all the saints there with him. But, you know, everything that God does eternally forward from right now is all going to be based on what his son did on the cross of Calvary. Everything. Yeah, I hope you've come to that conclusion. I don't care how many new, a, a trillion light years of time from right now in the future, it's still going to be all based on what God did in his son through that horrible suffering and death on Calvary's cross. I hope you understand that. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then the Holy Spirit goes into verse 9 telling us, so don't be carried about with various diverse and strange doctrines. Strange means it's not that which you began with. Strange means it's not the focus of that which gave you your eyesight and your focus. It's strange let me, let me just get right to the point. It's strange if it's not touching Calvary. It's strange. You know, at the end of Leviticus chapter 9, the very end of that chapter, Moses and Aaron come out of the temple, the tabernacle there, and, 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 and from doing their duties, and, and fire falls on the sacrifice and laps it up, and, and the glory of God appears in that place. And the people are excited about that. They rejoice about that. But then immediately you turn the page in chapter 10 of Leviticus and immediately those two sons of Aaron go and offer strange fire. They offered fire from the wrong altar. That means if it ain't about Calvary, God ain't in it, not for the good. He's in, he's in it, but his wrath is being revealed in it. And these two boys of Aaron, they went and offered strange fire. And hear me, the same fire fell from heaven. And instead of lapping up the sacrifice and the glory of God falling, the fire of God hit those two boys and killed them because they offered strange fire. There are many, many, many congregational pastors and congregations dead today, just like Sardis was told they were dead because they're offering strange fire. Those two boys of Aaron, they were at the place of sacrifice. They were there at the temple. They were there and had an, an appearance that they were doing ministry, but they offered something God did not request, and God had told them before, you will not do it this way. You will only do it this way. And when they tried to do it their way, they died. That's seen in the New Testament writings as the, the sin nature dominating any Christian who's not deliberately and consciously trusting in the death of Jesus and their union with him 
in that death, my friend. Sin nature is ruling and dominating most preachers today because they don't know that truth. They, some of them don't even think they have a sin nature, but they do. So watch this now. We're told, the first thing I want to bring out is this. We're told, be not carried about with all these diverse, various, strange, impure mixture, impure teachings. And so here, let's notice this. If, if the Lord has to tell us not to be carried about with these strange doctrines, that means we can. And let me assure you, 90% or higher of the church today, it, right now, right now, are carried about with strange teachings, strange fire. And that's why, I mean, you can talk about just about anything, but when you try to bring everything back to the focus of where God's focus is on his son and what his son did at Calvary, my friend, you lose. Every, just, just about everybody turns and walks away today. They don't want to hear about the cross. You start talking about all the wrong Jesuses that are being worshipped and taught today among even the church, and, and Christians just turn and walk away. And I'm not being ugly, but listen, most of the church is deceitfully deceived, and 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 they're 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 being blown and tossed to and fro by many various strange doctrines. And we're told not to be carried about like a tumbleweed, just blowing here and blowing there. And we're to, we're, because we're told not to let this happen mean that it can happen. You got that. So, And it is happening. I have been there. I speak from experience. The, but the Bible says it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Now get this now. God doesn't establish us with anything on the outside. It is only the heart that is established, and it's only with grace. Now, it's done in a place. Isaiah chapter 54, 14 says that God establishes his people in righteousness, but it's with grace. And you, you need to understand these things they're needful for you to know the difference between the word with and in. It's very important. These little words that seem so insignificant, but they're very significant, and we need to be learning the Word of God. And, and so it, God establishes only the hearts of His people with grace, but in righteousness. You can take a note, write down Isaiah 54. Let's go look at it this morning. Isaiah 54 and 14. It's good to lay eyeball on these things. The Bible says, In righteousness shall you be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. Get that now. If the Lord is establishing his people in righteousness, then oppression is not even going to be near them. Come on, help me now. How many Christians do you know? How many times have we ourselves in the past been oppressed? 
many. How many Christians do you know who are oppressed, living in depression and making excuses, blaming everything else? Listen, God says, if I establish you in righteousness, oppression will be far from you. You can't do anything with that but believe it or deny it. And to deny it means you think God's a liar. To try to change it, it means that you think God's a liar because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the volume of the book was written of him. He doesn't change. His word doesn't change. So if God said he establishes his people in righteousness, that you will be established in righteousness and oppression will be far from you and you shall not fear and from terror for it shall not come near you. Now this is not talking about when you get to heaven because there's not going to be any of these things around at all ever to, to, to be there to eat, come near us. So this is now. If you know where to keep the object of your faith and your faith from your heart. and get, get now, Pay attention where we're going here. This has to be taking place in your heart. Remember when you were born again, you believed with the heart unto righteousness. Romans 10 and 10. So we see this, that God establishes his people in righteousness, but here in Hebrews 13 and 9, it's the heart that's established with grace. And you have to understand here that grace only flows from Jesus Christ, who's unchangeable, only has one place. He offers anybody, anytime, anywhere grace. One place. And that's through faith. And what he did by grace through faith for us at the cross. Remember Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9? That Jesus, by the grace of God, tasted death for all men. Grace won't flow into your life for anything outside of your faith. Deliberate and conscious faith. I'm aware of what I'm yielded to. I'm surrendered to the truth that Jesus died for me and that I died with him, that I now have access to this grace wherein we stand, but I've got to maintain my faith deliberately and consciously in the death of Jesus. It can't just be, well, of course we believe in the cross. No, that's why many Christians are oppressed. They believe in the cross that Jesus pardoned them, but they have no ideal, no clue, no knowledge at all about the good fight of faith to maintain their faith in that object being Jesus died for them and they died with him so that they can live in this place of no oppression. I want you to hear that again so that they can live in this place of no oppression and not being controlled by fear. Do you need deliverance today? You won't get it by a preacher laying hands on you. You won't get it by any other avenue than your heart yielding to the truth of Jesus Christ and him you, you uh, dying for you, being crucified for you, and your place of union with him in that death. It's not going to happen, my friend. And when you think it is happening, oh no. What you think is happening is really not happening, and what, what you think went away is only going to come back with a vengeance. 
if it's not the cross that you found deliverance in and through, it ain't over, honey. And you're not going to like it, what happens in the future. Because, see, the thing with the cross is it's not only the power that saves and delivers, but the wisdom comes with it to keep you from sticking your feet back in that mess that God brought you out of. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Be not carried about with diverse, various, and strange doctrines. Again, strange doctrines, any teaching that's not touching the crucifixion of Christ, the truth of God's righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Watch this now. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Now let's look at the word established. I found it very uh, wonderful to see the meaning of these words. The word established means to make firm. God will make you firm, but it's in your heart he's making firm. Establishing you, confirming. He's confirming to you. Establish means to confirm. You ever seen a business and on the sign it says established since 1848? Well, that's twofold. That means when it started and that means it's still established. It's still functioning. And Christians were established 2,000 years ago, really before the foundation of the world, through the lamb being slain for them, them being identified with him in his death through their faith in that alone. Amen. And listen, that is where God establishes. God don't establish anybody outside of faith in the cross. He don't save anybody. He don't establish anybody. And he doesn't confirm by his spirit what you're learning is of him unless it's grace establishing the heart. See, this is one thing that strange doctrine, and again, strange doctrine is anything being taught that's not touching Calvary's cross. It's not touching Christ and him crucified. It's strange. It sends us all out on a different page in a different direction. The cross is what keeps us speaking the same thing, being of one mind, of one spirit, striving together for the faith of the gospel. It's the cross of Christ that does that. Without the cross, we'll take the word and go in all these different directions. We're not allowed to do that. It's because God establishing our hearts with grace, he's establishing our hearts with that which we're being made conformable unto, which is that that Jesus did at Calvary by the grace of God. There's only one door for the grace of God to flow into our lives through, and it's the taste of death that Jesus accomplished for us by grace on the cross. Again, that's Hebrews 2 and 9. But when God, I said when God is allowed to, when he's allowed to, we'll see it again here in a minute in this very scripture, when God is allowed to establish us in righteousness with grace, that means our faith in Jesus, the one who died so that we could be saved by grace, live and experience the works of the Holy Spirit by grace. We labor by grace. Amen. He, uh, he, he makes us firm. This is what establishing us means. A, a strange false doctrine won't do that. That's why next year there'll have to be something else different. And in the next year, something else different because there's nothing being confirmed there that this is it. I remember in 2004, early 2005, when I said, this is it. This is the cross. This is it. This is the key. This is it. 
and God the Holy Spirit was there confirming. He was, he, and he began, there's where he began confirming, and there's where he began making this truth firm in my heart. He began establishing me. When I came back, I was wayward. I came back to the cross. The only place God can establish, make firm, confirm us, and it also means to make sure. The Holy Spirit cannot minister the assurance that I need if my faith is not deliberately and consciously yielded to the death of Jesus. That's my place of union with Christ. God doesn't, because I'm saved and all the born-again people in the world, they're identified by God with their union with Christ in his death. That's what saved us. And listen, if that's not where our faith is at any moment, deliberate and conscious faith in the death of Jesus, then whatever we're doing, it's not justified fruit by God. So remember this now, and let's go back and look at the the base word for this word establish, and again we'll see that it definitely means to make stable. It's the only, grace is the only thing that can make you stable. How many unstable Christians are there? Well, I just don't know. I mean, how many people claim to be Christian and you ask them, you know, or you tell them, I hope the Lord comes today, and they say, well, I, I hope I'm good. I hope I'm ready. Now, what? They're not allowing God to establish them, to make them stable. Hallelujah. They're, they're not experiencing, hear me today, I'm going to be teaching on this pretty soon. They're not experiencing the sound and sure mind that they were given at the born-again experience. We were given everything that we need at the born-again experience. But but the experience of what we were given in that initial born-again experience, most Christians are not experiencing they're just working hard and calling it the Spirit of God. They're just doing this and doing that, and they're really most miserable. I know. I, I know. I've been there. So this, when God is establishing you, you're becoming stable, more and more stable. But it also means a, a, a firm of four steadfast sure. So it basically, it means to be sure. It means to be stable and to be becoming more stable. It means that God is making firm this that you believe. It means that he's establishing you. He's confirming to you that you are on the right path. See, this happens when he's able to bring you back to your first love. If that's not back to a focus of the cross, you still hadn't got that right. Because most of the Christians will hear a message about returning to their first love and they're convicted of their wayward way and they have some kind of emotional feelings that take place and now they think they're back to their first love. But if you didn't make it back to focus of and a surrender to the cross, then you didn't make it back to your first love. I've listened to preachers preach messages for many, many years now on returning to your first love. And after church, people leave say, well, I'm glad I came back today to my first love, but if they didn't come back to a focus of what happened at Calvary, the most magnificent thing that God has ever seen from heaven with his eyes is what he did in his son on that tree. The most spectacular, beautiful, magnificent sight is what he saw in his son on Calvary's cross. 
So if our first love is not that which we've returned to and that which we're now viewing, that which we're being made conformable to, which is God's son's death, Philippians 3 and 10, hallelujah, then, then we never did return to anything more than feelings and emotions. And we need to make sure we understand that. So we see this now. Be not carried about with various and all these strange teachings. And again, they're strange if they're not touching the sacrifice of Christ. They're strange. There is no need in trying to be involved in anything that the testimony of the Lamb is not involved. Hallelujah. But listen, the Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And all of God's word is prophetic <coughs> in some way. In some way. It's prophetic words. And the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus who is the living word. And, and, and man, people are, are being pulled away from this steadfast focus even while they say they're not. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter what you say or what you think. You have to confirm with what you preach, what you teach, what you're learning as you're studying and you will be receiving that which makes you stable, that which confirms that you are on the right path. And, and listen, the path is the path of righteousness. There's no other path. And it's in this path. This righteousness that God establishes His people—it's not all—it's not any other path. So I hope you're understanding a little bit more today that God only establishes His people in righteousness, Isaiah 54 and 14, but with grace, and He only does it to the heart. God not only looks upon the heart while we all look upon the outward because we can't see the heart. God looks only upon the heart. And he deals only with the heart. And if we're God's people, he's establishing the heart of who we are. He's not establishing anything on the outside. Remember, Jesus taught, ain't no, you, you don't, you're not doing acts of evil because of something that's coming from the outside. You're doing acts of evil because it's coming out of our heart. Amen. It's out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Think about that. So, Think about this. God can't establish his people without grace. And there is no establishment of grace without being saved by grace and now experiencing the labor of the Holy Spirit by grace in our heart because it is him, it's God, the Holy Spirit, who's working in us the heart both to will and to do of his good pleasure, that which pleases him, which requires what? Faith. He can't be pleased without faith. What he's doing in and through us requires the word of God, us hearing it, us applying faith to it so that he can be moving us on into it. And that's another topic that needs to be discussed greatly is faith because it's been so misinterpreted and abused. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. And when faith comes, you are moved by faith. Faith never comes and you're not moved. If you're not being moved by faith, faith's not coming because you're not hearing properly. And we need to talk about this, and we have in the past. Faith only comes 
by hearing God's word, but because God establishes us in righteousness, get this, his word must be heard in righteousness because faith, 2 Peter 1 and 1, faith only, exclusively, comes through righteousness, the righteousness of Christ and what he did at Calvary. So we need to understand that. So it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, because meats and what you eat and don't eat, that's not the kingdom, right? Romans 14, is it 14, 17? The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what? What is the kingdom of God? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Watch now. These meats, they've not profited them that have been occupied therein. There's no profit. So today we're being told that we're, we're, we're not loving because we tell people that ain't getting you nowhere with God. You know, somebody said the other day, you just need to let them learn to work out their own salvation. No, my mission, my job as a pastor is to say exactly what's written in this Bible and what's written here is that meats, what you eat and don't eat, can't profit you spiritually one bit. Eating food will keep you alive. You quit eating food, you're going to die. Amen, physically. But they can't help you spiritually at all. What you eat, what you don't eat, what day you eat it, what day you don't eat it, what day you do this, what day you do that, month, week, year, long sleeve, short sleeve, it don't matter. All of that is outward stuff. God don't establish his people. Nothing on the outward. He's got to first establish the heart with grace and then the outward flow is the fruit of his spirit. And the fruit of his spirit's not long sleeves. The fruit of his spirit is not no makeup. No, the fruit of his spirit is the character of Christ. Hallelujah. The character of Christ. Hallelujah. So watch this now. These meats that people have been caught up in the past. Today for us, it's not so much. Oh, there's still people caught up in this by the drove. But today it's more all these new lying fads that these men are allowed to creep in and bring into the church. All these lying fads, these strange doctrines that we're being told not to be carried off by. But yet we still sit there and get carried off by them. Why? How? How can this happen? Because we don't understand what the cross means for my every moment-by-moment moment living. Moment-by-moment. Moment. I must be on guard as a good soldier. If the soldier goes out into the war zone, my friend, and he's not moment-by-moment moment paying attention, he's not going to make it. This is the same as Christianity. It's those moments that you're caught off guard, not focused, that you do the big piece of stupid that you do. Amen. Well, we're out of time, and but we're right here, and we're going to jump back in right here next Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time because when we move into verse 10, this is where people really get their feelings hurt. This you got to imagine what the Jews went through when they would hear about these things Paul was teaching and Paul was even writing and sending out letters. And, and I'm sure Paul wrote Hebrews. I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm 99.0% sure. And I'm, whoever, the Holy Spirit wrote the book of Hebrews. Don't want to get into all that. But you got to understand, these people are told in the next verse where we're partaking of, these people that think there's another way other than Calvary, they have, watch, let me read it to you before we quit. 
We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat. This, this gets into the legalities of our justification, our position, and the one faith that we live by. God bless you. Thanks for gathering around God's Word with us today. Do me a favor. Hit the share button so everybody you know can have an opportunity to hear this, and you'll just never know who could hear this truth, and God raised them up to reach the world far beyond what you and I could ever imagine. So help us publish God's Word. And if the Lord stirs your heart to give to Him through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903 231 5950. God bless you. I'll see you in the morning on Cross Time with Pastor Curtis at 9 a.m. Central Time as we dig a little further into 1 Peter chapter 3. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.